0: The story, no <laughs> no
1: the story of my life, no respect. I don't get no respect at all. The story of my life, no respect. I don't get no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. and The 40 shot and goal was... 40 shot and goal a little deceiving here. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. In those last three, four minutes, rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams.
0: Here's Johnny!
2: Nope. This is Ranger Pro, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Here on the Blue Blue Show.
1: What's going on, boys?
2: What's going on, Mr. RP? How you doing? Glenn and Scott is also with us. Uh post game or post All-Star break episode. Man, what a fun game that was last night. <laughs> oh, We got to talk, oh, yeah. talk about it. Oh yeah. Talk about it. So we got a golden controversy, I believe, man. I mean, nothing we haven't uh-huh. necessarily not discussed, but let's get into the deep dive of it because Laf- Lafayette went with Quick after the All-Star break and it paid dividends. Like We're going to talk about that. If you guys have any All-Star game weekend thoughts, I have none, so you could bypass me when we want to talk about that. Our focus this week is uh, the Avalanche and the Oilers. We'll get to that later in the episode. We go around after the first time. And then I'll get into some AHO and OHL notes, RP. But first, man, let's bring the guys on. We got Glenn and Scott and RP, man. Matter of fact, RP, before we bring on Glenn and Scott, you have any thoughts as far as like, the Colorado game? I mean, we could we could lead off with that, you know. Uh, I
1: thought it was. <laughs> I, I I I thought it was. If, if you weren't a hockey fan, it was a great game. If you were a Ranger fan, it was a good game, but it was like. Uh, it was like a small book. The first period was like, oh, here we go again. The second period, wow, you know, we're, we're keeping up with them and we're battling. And then the third period was like that great ending to to a story, just the way they played and tied it up. So, uh, you know, it was a great hockey game. You, you couldn't take away from it. I, I wouldn't want to play Colorado in a seven-game series because I thought Vancouver looked fast against us. Man, the Avalanche are some hockey game. And the ODS played great. McKinnon and, and McCall were just in another atmosphere. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it's great to get the two points, the two-game two winning streak. It's the kind of game that I'm sure the guys will agree that could lead to better things because they found a way to win and they found a way to play without our Kruber in the lineup and with, with some other things. So, I mean, overall, you, you have to be excited about it. I mean, it, w- it was a great hockey game. Right, right.
2: Hey, let's bring them all quick. So, quick, uh, Glenn, and just say hello real quick, and then same thing, Scott, and we'll go back to you guys. Man, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hello.
0: How long is everybody back from the uh, All Star break? As we get back to business in the uh, NHL, down to serious business, to going down the home stretch of the playoffs. Looking forward to talking right. to you guys about it.
2: Cool man, cool. And then uh, the guy that's going to be introducing the Hart Trophy recipient that would be Scott. How you doing, man? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Good
3: evening. Um, admittedly, I didn't uh, watch any of the All Star uh, festivities. Now, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't hate the three on three format uh, like you do, RP. Actually, because I like a three on three. I know it's not real hockey. I get that, but uh, you know, I, it's always exciting in the overtime. And like I've said, I wish they would. Get rid of the shootout, make overtime ten minutes of three on three, and then call it a tie at the end. If uh, if the, in the unlikely event there's no uh, winner, but I, I just I don't know. Call me call me an old man, but it just uh I just lost interest. You, you know growing up in the '90s with you know your Messier, Gretzky, Lemieux, Hull, Leech, Bort, you know like I, <clears throat> I just haven't really cared with today's stars compared to uh you know those All Star games we grew up with. So it doesn't matter what the format is for me. I just don't really have interest in it.
1: All right, cool, I, I have cool. a good point on on that, Steve. When when we talk later about it, I have mm-hmm. a good point why I I despise not just the three on three, but the whole format that I think you guys will like.
2: All right, cool. I'll be real quick, and if you want to talk about that a little in depth, that's fine. I'll be real quick. Um, listen, I, I just here's my number one question um, for you guys for tonight. And, listen, I think we should go with the hot gold at this point. Um, Now, how do we divide up the percentages? I'm leaning. (laughs) Listen, it's all about the eye test for me, guys. The remaining games on the schedule, I don't know exact total. I should do the math, whatever the games we played, minus 82 or inverse. But I was inclined to give quick 65% of the starts remaining in the regular season, he's been playing great. Now, I don't want to burn him out. That's the key, but I think we played enough games where I think he'll be fine. He was fine against Colorado, especially the first goal. And listen, RP, I haven't seen something disgustingly defensively by the Blue Shirts since Conor McDavid two seasons ago when he played mm-hmm. the, the entire half of the ice, and, that, and that's what McKinnon did Monday night. I, I was floored with Keonji Miller's defense and Goodrow and Pitlick. And whoever the fourth guy was out there, I, I was so mad when I saw that. But, I, I mean,
0: great
1: uh-huh.
2: goal scorer, terrible defense But, you know, Keonja Miller was feisty in there. I saw him get, mix it up. Um, uh, and, and then they had the, the fight, and, you know, but it a scuffle in the first period. But listen, the goalie, I'm going quick, and I would love to get you guys' thoughts. I got to say, last point, and then and I'll pass it on to you, RP. We got to talk about it. Lafayette, one game. And I know it's one game only, but that end of the third period, especially, uh, he didn't get the goal, but the goal, to, you know, the, the fact that he had the tenth of knocking down the puck and it set up a game winning, almost a game winning, go by at the end of regulation, and then to carry that into the overtime where he kind of looked off the at but took the shot and, and and got the extra point in the OT. I thought Lafayette at the end of the game was fantastic. But your thoughts, RP, goalie controversy, anything you want to add with Lafayette getting in the game-winning goal? You said you had additional thoughts on the your format, and uh, we'll, I'll sit back and listen, and we'll go to Glenn and Scott after that.
1: Well, my, my thinking is it doesn't need to be percentages with, of how many games quick plays. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw the post-game story last night when Steve Vallaquette outright came out and said, you know something? He could be playing click for at least the next two or three games. Will that piss off Chesterkin? He said, That's what you want. You want a hungry mm-hmm. mad goaltender. He goes, What's the only thing you can do to a hockey player to make him not hurt, but to wake up is to take his ice time away. He goes and it's not it's not to say Chesterkin's bad, it's not to say Chesterkin isn't the number one, but sometimes this is what you gotta do and And I was like, wow. And and he said it. He said it. And then he went, he looked right over at Lundqvist. And he said, what do you think? And Hank really didn't want to step on Chesterkin like that? He's like, yeah. He goes, sometimes, you know, taking ice time is going to really tick him off. And then Dalekit said, when you were mad, didn't you play better? And Hank looked right up and said, yep, I absolutely played better. He goes, and what's wrong with that? What's wrong with, with this way of making Chesterkin play better? Does he need to work on some things? Yes. But overall, he needs to get his eyes opened up a little bit. And, and, and my view is you don't need to say how many more games. I think there are 30 games left in the season or 32 games left. He doesn't need to play 65% or 70%. I'm old school. Play him until he loses. And then you go back to Chesterkin. And for the, these 30 games, you play the hot goalie, which is the goalie <coughs> that's winning and playing smart. You sit a player on the forward line or the defensive pairings if they have a couple of bad games so that they can see what's going on, or you move them from the first line to the fourth line to try to get your offense generated. It's the same thing in net. Every point is so vital right now, and for whatever reason, Chesterkins just is missing something. Maybe he needs to work with Benoit Allaire. Maybe he needs to look within himself. But he needs to figure it out, and the Rangers can't keep waiting. And it's not to say he's not the number one and he won't be the number one going into the playoffs, most likely. But Click is just playing at a different level with so much confidence, and that team really rallies behind him. And he makes – remember guys were talking about making that big save when you need it? Not making a big save when you're up 3-1 or down 3-1. You're in a tied game, you're down a goal, you got to keep making those big saves. And he did that all night last night. He even did that in the, in the Kings game that we lost. He was making big saves and playing hard. So I have no problem with with Quick getting some games right here and getting the team on a roll. Of course, Rangers Twitter had a field day today because they had to announce that Quick was the first guy off practice today, not that there was a game today. And then Daleket got back into it saying, good, that's what we need. And then the whole goalie controversy thing exploded on Twitter, which has been happening. Um, I'm just a firm believer that if you play the hot goalie, even Lundqvist was referring back to when he played that they used to alternate win or lose. They used to alternate sometimes. It didn't matter if you're one of those, if you're playing today, you're playing tomorrow. And that's how a coach would set up the week here. Play the hot goalie. Just get, keep him out there. He's playing so well. And then if he has a bad game, he stumbles. Now you got a strong Chesterkin that comes back. He's going to be hungry to not get knocked out of the net now. And I think it. it I think it's something that Lobbillette might be considering. He's not going to come out and say it, uh, the closest thing he said to mixing things up when he, he referred to mixing up his defensive pairings, and he was like, these guys are all professionals. They don't mind as much if, if their defensive pairings are messed up and not messed up or alternated. He goes, I change the forward lines all the time, and everybody's okay with that because that's how hockey's played. So I, I think the conversations in the locker room and in the coach's office, we'll see if he actually has the pair to to do it, he wants to win like anybody else, and at the end of the day, you put the guys on the ice that get you closest to getting the Ws, and that, that would be quick, in, in my opinion. Um, really quick to what uh, we were talking about the All-Star game. Here's my problem, guys. Never mind do I despise three-on-three because three it's not hockey. Connor McDavid was 30 seconds away from only playing eight to ten minutes of the entire All-Star game because of the three-game format. Instead, you didn't get to see Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby after the first game because they got knocked out and didn't play anymore. Why not go back to the regular format? You play a regular 60-minute hockey game, and the fans can see their favorite stars play an entire hockey game. Can you imagine if McDavid, who won a million dollars the day before, didn't make it to the championship game and played one 20-minute, two 10-minute periods, and that was it? It would have been a total farce. The NHL would have freaked out. ABC would have freaked out. So I don't understand how they think this is a better way of, of displaying our sport to, to general fans, which is what all these off our games are about. So I would prefer them going back to the other format. What is the difference if a 20-minute uh, a, a one-game segment ends up 6-4 and a regular hockey game ends up 13-12? At the end of the day, it's a high-scoring game with no hitting. Only four defensemen made the NHL All-Star game this year. It's a joke. It's, it's ridiculous. There are so many good defensemen that didn't play because of the format. So that's that's my gripe. That's always been with with the All-Star game. And uh, I'll leave it to you other guys to elaborate.
2: All right, well, come, you know, RP, when we come back to you, I want to get your thoughts on year, But uh, we're going to go to Glenn and get all his thoughts and anything else he'd like to add. Uh, and then anybody who's not speaking, just mute your line real quick and minimize the background noise. But go ahead, Glad. Go I'm going on mute, myself. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I, I agree with uh, RP. I saw that exchange between uh, Lundqvist and Valaket last night, and uh, I thought the same thing. I, I thought Valaket was, uh, you know, trying to get something out of Hank that Hank didn't really want to say uh, as far as uh, putting down Chesterkin at all. But I thought he did a great job, especially with that ass. Didn't you play better when you were angry? And and Lunkers had to admit that, yeah, I did. So, I mean, I think without saying it, uh, Henrik kind of thought the same thing, that, uh, you know, take away the ice time let, let Igor get a little mad about it. Um, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the next few games, yeah. I mean, I'd go with quick again. I It's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I'd go back to, you know, play him until he doesn't play well in a game and then go back to uh, Shostokin. Um, I mean, I think the team uh, has as much uh, confidence in Quick as they do in Shisterkin, Uh and the Rangers, uh, over the last, uh, you know, decades, uh, for the most part, have always had a, a good backup, uh, no matter who was the, the number one guy. So, you know, once again, uh, we got a situation where, you know, Quick has played great, and you can, you know, not even looking at the numbers, uh, which Quick's numbers are better, but... Um, you could make a case that Quick has, has been better this year than Igor has. Um, so, I mean, I, I would give him a run here for a, a couple of games um, and then, uh, you know, see, see where that goes. As far as long-term for the season, hey, that, hey you know, look at it this way. If they split – you know, if they kind of split the remaining games left in the season, um, right now it's been about 2-1. to one. I think Quick has started 16 uh, and uh, has 11 wins in those 16 games, and so that would mean Igor started 34, so it's kind of 2-1 to one in Igor's favor. I mean, if they're down the, down the middle the rest of the season, um, you know, the, the worst-case scenario, if you're going to wind up, if Igor plays better and you're going to go with him in the playoffs, he's going to be well-rested, too. Um, And, you know, that was a case in the playoffs, uh, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, he he played so well and, you know, the the whole team kind of got worn down by Tampa, but I think he did too. Uh, So, uh, you know, I mean, you have a situation where if you're going to go with Igor in the playoffs, he's had a good rest down the stretch. He hasn't had to play every game. Uh, As as far as, you know, the points, you you look at the standings. uh, I think I said in the beginning of the season, I still think that's going to be the case that five teams are going to come out of the Atlantic and three, out of, out of the metro, so uh, you know if the Rangers, you, you kind of want to stay in first uh, in the division because you, you get you know the lower matchup against one of the teams in the Atlantic, uh, which you know right now could be Toronto, could be Florida, uh, but uh, you know even if they did drop to the second uh, uh, spot, uh, and Carolina overtakes them, you know right now the Flyers are in uh, are in third um can they hang in there and stay there uh until the end of the season i kind of don't think so uh especially maybe with some of the uh, uh uh you know some of the drama that's uh surrounding everything with uh uh carter hart uh so i kind of see them falling out and who's going to take that spot then pittsburgh the islanders uh, maybe the devils um i mean i don't think that would be a terrible matchup for the rangers in any case uh but uh, and it might actually be a better matchup in the first round than if they came in first and wound up playing uh, Florida or Toronto. So you never know. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I, I think I would I would go with Quick for right now. Uh, quickly with the uh, with the All Star game. I thought the skills competition actually was pretty good. I liked some of the events. You got to have the hardest shot. You got to have the accuracy, which which I thought was a better event than uh, you know what they used to do with the plates. Um, I really liked the end one where, uh, you know, you had to kind of skate around. You had to shoot into the small nets. You had a, I mean, I kind of thought that was interesting. I thought that was good. As far as the All-Star game itself, I have never liked this. I don't want to do three-on-three. Three. Uh, uh, RP had a great point. You had a lot of guys that should be in the uh, uh, All-Star game that weren't. Um, I would much th- much rather they go back to a 60-minute game, conference against conference. Uh, I don't like the voting process. I don't really like anything about it. Uh, so uh, as far as the All-Star game goes, I would rather have them go back conference versus conference. You get all the best players in there. Uh, you know, he made the point about Connor McDavid not having a lot of minutes. In a 60-minute game, Connor McDavid is going to play a lot more. And, you know, if he's going to show his flash, uh, I, I want to see it five on five. I want to see him go through four or five guys and score a goal. Not, not, uh, you know, in a three on three format where, you know, anybody could look good if they happen to get in the right situation. So, I mean, to me, I I think the skills show even more when you're going five on five. Uh, And then you really get guys in there that deserve to be there, um, you know, both on defense, forwards, goaltenders. Uh, So I I don't like anything about the All-Star game itself. But uh, I thought the uh, the skills thing the night before was, was pretty good. I actually did watch it all the way through. The games, uh, you know, the, the next day, the, the games, I had them on, but I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, and I remember years when uh, I used to watch the All-Star game as much as I would watch, you know, a real regular season game. Uh, so I think that's been lost in what they've done. So I'd like to see them just go back to a regular format. And that's my opinion on that.
2: All right, cool. Uh, Glenn, we'll come back around to you on that, laughing year thoughts on that end of that Colorado game.
0: So yeah. Let's I get a big piece of the stick on that topic. <laughs> we'll, yeah, people, no, I do I want to talk about the game last night. I do want to talk about the game last night. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that. Okay, cool,
2: cool. We'll mm-hmm. come around. Go ahead, Scott. Well, um, so I'm, I'm going back and forth about how I feel
3: about last night's game. Um you know, I was trying so hard, I said this a few weeks ago, I was trying so hard to to wanna believe that this was the team <clears throat> of the first thirty games and not the last fifteen. Now we got a nice little uh you know blow out there with Ottawa uh before the all-star break but that's basically an exhibition game. So this was one of you know th- this was a team they could very well meet in the finals if they, if they get that far. And you know I'm going back and forth in my head here. You know it was very very frustrating first second first period, second period um you know, couldn't get anything. I was like, oh, unbelievable. We just can't score a goal. Um, and then, you know, we got the late goal. And then, you know, of course, three on three again, not real hockey, but you know, it's nice to get that second point. Um, and then, on the other hand, I'm thinking, okay, this is one of the best teams in the league, and we, we, you know, we're, we're neck and neck with them. And you know, with the exception of yeah, that atrocious giveaway, um, you know, it's a scoreless game now. Quick, obviously, deserves some, uh, some, uh, you know, all the credit and. Uh, you know i don 't we didn 't have as much sustained pressure as I would have liked, but on the other hand you know we we were we were neck and neck with them and you know I forgot who mentioned it earlier, but yeah that's that probably wouldn 't fare well in a best of seven against them but for you know for it 's not a best of seven let 's worry about the let's worry about that in june uh, but for now you know it was one game against the best team in the league, first game back and you know I'm leaning towards okay I'm satisfied with that that's that's a good way to come back and get the two points against Colorado and you know being a nice tight one goal game even especially with the fact that we weren't really impressive we were decent enough on defense but offense just no sustained pressure it was you know one decent opportunity like every 4 minutes of gameplay and you know that obviously needs to improve, but I'm you know okay. You know it's at least it was Colorado that just happened. You know if this if they if they won this kind of game against like Ottawa or Columbus or whatnot, um, okay, then it's time to get pissed. But I guess I I guess I'm okay with it. So there's that. Um, you know it, it's a good way to you know a good confidence builder to to get down the uh, start the home stretch here. Um. You know, quick starting after a week off, like yeah, that's that's huge. That that is actually earth shattering, and I'm glad that Laviolette had the had the balls to do that. And um, you know, who who <laughs> quick has earned the starting role. And yes, you know what they discussed there on MSG Network. Um, you know, one would definitely use that as a fire lit under him uh, to earn, you know, to, to use that as motivation to get himself the starting role back. But, will that have the same effect on Igor? You know, we know that he's temperamental. Um, You know, will that just piss him off and and get him all whiny and whatnot? You know, like we saw what what that kind of effect had on Kravtsov. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Igor's going to pick up and say, screw you, I'm out of here and go back to Russia. I'm not saying he would go that far, but I'm saying would it have the desired effect (laughs) or would it make things actually worse? And it sucks that we have to, you know, Not do what's best for the team and not put in possibly put in the best starting goalie because we're worried about Igor throwing a nasty fit. But I'm just saying it might be a factor to consider but if it were up to me if I was the coach and if that wasn't uh, you know a factor I absolutely believe that Igor has earned the starting role and it is his now to uh, I'm sorry uh, quick I'm sorry, <laughs> quick has absolutely earned the starting role and it is his until he loses it that's my opinion so you know this this is why you know Laviolette like, we have one of the most successful coaches in the game one of the most hard ass coaches in the game who will hopefully uh, you know make the right decision I, I, I trust to this point um so th- th- yeah that that is that is certainly interesting and now, and now on to uh, Lafreniere. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You guys are always mentioning, uh, you know, Ranger Twitter and this and that. Well, you know, I'll, I'll cover Ranger's Facebook. Um, you know, first day this morning, uh, everybody coming out of the woodwork, oh, where's all the Lafreniere haters now? And where's all the uh, Lafreniere's the bust now? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. We're, we're, were, you we're still time? here. We're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. you know, you know I I will give him credit. That was a beautiful snipe. That was a you know, he made a nice little move, get, you know, gave himself a little uh little opening, a little room to move there, and then made a beautiful snipe in between the goalie and the post. Uh that was fantastic. But the problem is Where where was that on the other 20 that he couldn't convert on? You know, maybe it turns a Uh corner. I don't know. But for me, it's just one goal. And, again, he did it against two less guys on the ice. You know, uh He's got two more guys, mm-hmm. at least one, maybe two more guys in front of him. If that's not three on three overtime, um, you know, again, it was a beautiful snipe. That that's the frustrating part is that that is what he should be doing. That is what we thought we were getting out of him is him being able to make that like it's his job. And the problem is, you know, he he'd have thirty goals by now if he could convert some of these because again, he's getting those glorious opportunities. Been getting them all year. You know, all the uh, the Lafreniere defenders can't use the old uh, you know he's stuck on the third line, he's not getting the minutes, you know, they, they don't have that argument. Mm-hmm. Anymore. You, you can make that argument for Kako still, but you can't make that argument for, for him playing first-line minutes uh, with, with Panarin, one of the best setup up guys in the league. So... You know, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the Lafreniere is a bust. People, uh, we're still here, and uh, you know that. that uh, again, I'll give him credit. It was, it was a beautiful shot, and um, but you know that doesn't that doesn't absolve him. It. It's like he you know, scores one goal a week, and and you know it's
2: like that absolves it. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, no. Um, Scott, should I know this? Reminds me of real quick. It, it's probably yeah. a good comparison. We're all Giant fans on this on the show. It kind of gives me this Daniel Jones energy. First round draft yeah. pick, yeah, and then yeah. It, yeah. one game out of but every blue, like he does something well. We'll see the difference. Laffey was old number one overall, but if you, you get where I'm going with this, yeah, so it kind of has that same effect. Yeah, I, I, we're, I'm kind of teasing when I say that, but I know,
3: yeah. you, know you gotta sh- no, sh- no sh- go
2: it, live, it so, <laughs> They calling up a lot of haters. <laughs>
3: It's a great comparison. We had, you know, like, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, he had that, uh, you know, the, the great playoff game. You know, he basically made, what does what he make? 25, $30 million a year because of the Minnesota game, period. You know, because of that playoff game. And, uh, you know, he, he, he he's, he would be terrible, and then all of a sudden have that nice 250-yard game. Oh, where's the haters at? We're, yeah, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> so, so, I mean, look, I, I hope, you know, because every now and then he gets, you know, Laferne, you know, he'll get that goal, and, you know, it's like, okay, good. There's the confidence builder, and uh, but but then it, it's just not. You know, I mentioned last week, like, I'm tired of seeing that pout when he comes back. That, you know, and, and another comparison with the but Giants, you know, Eli Manning had that all shucks every time he would throw that interception. I was tired. We, we were getting tired of seeing the all shucks. The difference is, you know, Eli Manning uh, had pl- plenty of hey, success. Hey, hey, Chris, to counteract. I, I do have one yeah. thing
2: to say. I do have one thing yeah. to say. Then I'll let you finish on. Then we'll move on. That that pout that shit was really justified with that penalty. That was not really on him. It was on the uh, stick of the, oh, Colorado, mm-hmm. the Colorado Avalanche stick that hit his own player. Correct. That was messed up. What were mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Yeah,
3: yeah, a, thank you uh, cuz I forgot about that. Um yeah, you remember uh, a couple weeks ago when 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 some of these the, the officiating was getting really bad and we and we were it was that span where the Rangers had like the the two or three straight my uh, major penalties that were reviewed and overturned. One of them against mm-hmm. the Devils was turned into no penalty at all. One of them, uh, the following game, I forget who was knocked down from a five to a two, um, and, and then we really got on the officiating and just how bad. Yeah. A really bad streak of officiating. Uh, so we, oh, there, there was there was, the, there was the, the the two the two Ranger goal, the one one where the Ranger scored, and it was no. So we were ripping on the officiating, and and I had mentioned that you know are really leaning, getting towards now that they're reviewing majors, because again, that, that, that came into effect after, uh, you know, after that San Jose uh, Vegas game seven, which, yeah, was terrible call should have been a major and it literally cost Vegas the, uh, you know, game seven. Um, so now you, so because of that, you now have the challenge for majors, just like, you know, you have the challenge for goalie interference because of uh game four, 24 uh, game, Three twenty-four uh, no, game two, game two, 2014, you know, the dude sitting on one shoulders when, uh, when they cut the lead from two to one. So are we, and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, are we getting to the point where you're going to event? Is the officiating is so suspect that you're going to have coaches challenges for minors. And last night was a perfect, perfect, uh you know, testament to, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're getting there, but they absolutely, Absolutely should, uh, because that is easily reviewable. I mean, the two refs were talking about it, you know. And so even even Joe said, I think they're going to overturn this because the, the two refs were talking about it. Um, now they don't get to actually look at replays like they do with with the majors, so that's why it, it stood. They all they had was the two of them talking. I'm sure the one guy was like, ah, I didn't, you know, I didn't really see it. Um, but you know, coach's challenge there, boom, instantly overturned. Um, so. I, <laughs> I would like to, as long as, you know, officiating is going to be a suspect as it is, I absolutely, you know, I said a couple weeks ago that I I want to get to the point where you can review minor penalties. Uh, And last night, you know, pretty much sealed the deal on, on where I'm at for that. So, um, You know, terrible call And and even On a coach's challenge, if if they're Screaming Good like God. that, if having screaming Like that to the point where Like like you have to look at this, like it should be You shouldn't need a coach's challenge for that They should be able to take a look At it themselves like they do with the Major, just, you, you know All right, so frustrating
2: Yeah, all right, real quick, real quick <laughs> RP, I'm going to go right back to you, I just want to uh, Double down on something I said On the last episode, and it's the it, the issue with the defense, and I hope the coaching was honing on on the defense. It's just the stuff like with three, I think it was like a little over three minutes left in the first. And Gustafsson, who was behind Quick, he did a very lazy, nonchalant pass towards Pidlick, and it got picked off. It could have been an opposing goal. Thank goodness Quick um, stopped it. The point is, uh, defense has got and the careless passing, the turnovers are still there, but luckily it did not go against our benefit but the mckinnon goal rp i'll go back to this and i'll two cents on my colorado and uh edmonton thoughts um that mckinnon goal i think he got up ice they got up ice in five to six seconds i don't know the exact second to the decimal but you're not gonna that's not gonna only two three players in this league could do what mckinnon did i so i'm going to give a slight pass to the defense although that should not happen I will give Grant credit to the elite goal scorer in McKinnon on what he did to get that goal on Quick. But it was still bad defense. All right, quick points on the Avalanche and the Oilers. Obviously, the Avalanche are the leading goal-scoring team in the league. I think they're almost, almost the same form from two seasons ago, and I think they're primed to face another Seattle or Dallas in the Western Conference. They're just a mediocre defensive team, even though we didn't really show it last night because we didn't bring up the scoring. You know, we didn't pick up the scoring. So uh, their power play is like top six, top seven. Their goal, even strength is number one. So they'll, they're definitely ready. It's between them, Vegas, and let's say a hot Edmonton. And speaking of Edmonton, what, 16 in a row? I think they're playing the night. I mean, what they're doing is fucking phenomenal, man. So, but this still, both teams are damn near mirrors of each other. They're both top-heavy teams, you know, Dwyane Addle and of course McDavid and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins. That's where all the majority, Pouchard, Evan Pouchard. That's where the majority of the scoring comes from. No different than with Colorado with McKinnon, McCarr, uh, and uh, Lekkinen, So, uh, basically, these are the. Between the two teams, and I don't know if the Oilers, you know, the Oilers can keep it up. I trust the Avalanche. It's going to be between, to me, it's going to be the Avalanche in in Vegas in the West. And as far as the Rangers, man, listen, as quick as you got, I'm not against it, man. My whole thing is they tighten up the stupid turnovers in the defense. And, you know, that's kind of where it is. So, RP, your thoughts, blue shirts, anything additional to blue shirts, Lafreniere thoughts, if you had any, if you want to add any, and then anything around the rest of the league with the Avalanche and Oilers, same thing with Glenn and Scott. Any points we haven't brought up, feel free.
1: Uh, So many things to say. Well, with Lafreniere, because I agree with you, Scott, it's just another goal. In the last 28 games, we're going all the way back to December 3rd, all the way through to last night, he has five goals. So to hear that, oh, he's, He's coming out of his shell and this and that. He, he's playing with Panera and Trochuk the whole season, and in the last 28 games he has five goals and 11 assists. It's just not enough because, once again, he can't finish. How many breakaways, how many in-front shots, he just he just can't finish for whatever reason. He did last night, great for us, but on a long-term projection, it's just not happening. Um, Steve, we have to stop giving the defenseman a pass. It doesn't matter who's on the ice. <laughs> fair,
2: fair, fair, fair. Now, but even if, yeah, 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 I, I, right, I right, watched,
1: right. I wa- no, I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but, yeah. but I watched Laviolette was asked about the goals. And because the Rangers, for whatever reason at that point, were doing a 1-3-1 when the McKinnon's line was out because they were playing Hitlick's line. And Laviolette, which you don't see often, guys, he took the blame for the goals, not the players on the ice. He said, that was my mistake. And we made an adjustment and we, we went on from there and we contained them the rest of the game. The adjustment that was made is he took the fourth line off of McKinnon's line and he put DeBarnigan's line against him. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the adjustment that he was referring to and that made all the difference last night because they shut him down after that point, which was great. But it was nice to hear a coach and, and, and Valaket said it last night too. It was nice to hear a coach accept responsibility. He didn't pass it to the players. They are game, and he said sometimes you you have a game plan before a game starts, but once the game starts, you have to make changes on the fly. You have to make them quick. And I, he goes, and he said, I, he goes, I, I take the blame for that. He goes, and then we went into the locker room. We made an adjustment, and as you know, him scoring one goal is great because he's so good. But they were able to contain him the rest of the game. So I was impressed with his words and how he's leading from behind the bench to way a head coach could, you know, if you're going to make the players accountable on mistakes and giveaways, the coaching staff has to be accountable sometimes too. And that was a real good example of them doing that. So I was pretty impressed with that. Um, Kyle, the other comment Valakai made was nobody in the East scares him. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the East that you can say, wow, these guys are going to knock it out of the park tonight. He goes, mm-hmm. you look at Colorado, you look at Vancouver, he goes the West, you look at the Knights, because the West has a lot of teams that you need to be scared of. Who would you mm-hmm. really want to play up in any seven game series? He goes, They are just right now the West is just dominating. That's not to say once the playoffs come and we all know this, it's a different animal. But right now I wouldn't want to play Vancouver or Colorado the way they're playing. Ed Edmonton for that matter, what are they going to seventeen in a row tonight? Yep, You know, Knobloch went in there, and he, he did something. Maybe it was an attitude. Maybe it was freedom. I don't know what. But since Narblock's come over, it's been a totally different team. But, but as Steve said, their goaltending is still suspect. Their defense isn't the greatest. That's all. But when you're scoring three and a half, four goals a game, you, you're you winning a lot more than you're losing. So it, it, it's going to be a great – you know, there's 32 more games to go here. Last night was game 50 and I don't know. You keep beating a dead horse, but when you look at the numbers of the goalies, Quick is 17, 11, and 4, with a 2.35 goals against average in 18 games. 32 games for Igor. He's 19 and 12 and 1 with a 2.86, and Igor's save percentage is 8.99, which is just not good. I think he had the worst save percentage, not of starting goalies, of all 41 goaltenders in the NHL for the month of January. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if you can turn that around in a week. I, I just, I don't know. To, to listen to Duran's Steve, you didn't watch it. I, I watched some of the All-Star games because there was nothing on TV Saturday. <coughs> and, and to hear these guys going well, can an All-Star game revitalize a goaltender's confidence? I don't know. It's a mean, it was hockey game. He's out there having fun. It's three-on-three He's not expecting to make a ton of saves as it is, so uh, I, I don't know. It was great to see him make the saves that he made, and he, he looked comfortable and all, and he looked relaxed, I and mean, he actually smiled, which was like, wow. But I don't think an all-star game can correct whatever is going on with Jeff Durkin. So Yeah no. uh, for now, as you guys, as we've all said, quick should be the starting goalie right now for a little bit, or, or the hot goalie, however you want to deem it. Um, And now we just look ahead to to the schedule in front of us. No easy games as there never are. The Lightning, the Blackhawks, the Flames, the Canadians. Uh you got the Islander game at the stadium series and the Stars in the next five, six games. One, two, three, four it's next seven games. It's it's gonna be a battle.
2: So we're gonna RP, have to find a way get... to RP I think the next, by the time we come back next Tuesday we could get four out of six though. Four points out of six. Definitely,
1: mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. four points out of six. We play the Lightning, the Blackhawks, and the Flames. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. We should. Yeah, yeah should be. I don't definitely definitely. know. For some reason, we always struggle against the Flames, the Blackhawks. We should absolutely beat and and the Lightning of the Lightning. You don't know what you're going to get from either side. So yeah, four out of six would be great. Yeah. But then of course we're going to ask, what are we going to okay, ask, guys? So who's in goal for the two wins? Right now, it's just quick. the, elephant the it's, it's the elephant in the room. If it, it, Ch <laughs> plays tomorrow against the lightning and, and craps the bed, then everyone's going to say, "Well, he should have started quick. And then if Quick comes in and doesn't do well, they're going to say, "Well, now you make your not play a regular game in 10 days. He's in a no one spot anyway. If the, whoever loses tomorrow, <clears throat> if the Rangers should lose tomorrow, Bobbybby elects him a lose-lose spot. He, he can't make the right move. The only thing that saves the coaching staff tomorrow anyway, is if you get a W because then you look like you made the right move. Right. Me, personally, there are so many games ahead, and it's such a condensed schedule. You've you got to play the hot goal. You, even better, you've got to play the hot 12 forwards, the best defensive pairing. Let me tell you something. If Zach Jones right now is playing better than Gustafson, then you've got to get Zach Jones in a little bit. I thought he played great the last two games. I thought Braden Schneider had a great game yesterday. He was offensive. He played solid on D. Mistakes made, they all made mistakes. So it, I guess it's just kind of, you know, the puck didn't wind up in back in the net except for one goal, so that's okay. But, you know, is going to come back now, which is a definite plus. But, you know, if Gustafson and, and Miller were making these horrendous mistakes on and on, it, it's time to sit them. Playing them, mm-hmm. you can only play a, a player through mistakes so long. And then you got to, pull them out and let them watch a little bit. And you got a guy down there in Jones, heck, you could even bring McKay and Mackey back up if you had to. He looked very comfortable. So they have options. Let's just see if the coaching staff uses
2: Right. Hey, Glenn, uh, let's get your thoughts on the Blue Shirts. Anything else you'd like to add? And also your thoughts on the Avalanche and the, uh, and the Oilers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say, Scott, you know, your, your last punching bag, it took him nine years to score 50 goals, so we're only five <laughs> years away from Luff, Luff of getting that. <laughs> so, you know, hang in there. Have a little patience, okay? Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, but actually, Scott did make a good point uh, earlier on when we were talking about uh, the goalie situation. Um, I'm not sure that Igor has the mental toughness uh, if he gets sat for a little while. Uh, Henrik did. Der obviously did. Um, You know, I mean, Igor has been so up and down, not just, you know, this year, but even, you know, the great year two years ago and the not-so-great last year. Um, I'm not sure I've seen enough to know that he's got the mental toughness to get mad and come back like the Igor that we would expect. Now, that's not to say that, you know, we, we don't uh, have quick play a couple of games here and see what happens. Um, I might be in favor of playing quick tomorrow night. Uh, and if Igor hasn't played for 10 days, what better team to have him play against than Chicago? So, you know, I'm not too worried about uh, him taking a 10-day layoff. But, um, you know, I, I worry sometimes. Seems like when Igor gives up a bad goal, uh, he lets it bother him. Um, you know the Rangers have had a lot of instances where uh, you know you can blame the team for this where um, you know they uh, uh, give up two quick goals or they give up a goal right after they score one Um, you know and 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 these are times you would hope that Igor would you know uh, you know be tougher be you know uh, more determined and I'm not going to say he doesn't have that that mental toughness, but I'm not sure that I've seen it enough yet to know how he would react if Quick plays another, you know, two, three games uh, before they get him back in there. So that I think will be interesting to see. And uh, Lafayette Lafayette might be playing with a little fire if that does, uh, you know, kind of piss Igor off more than – you know have him uh get the mentality of you know well, I'm I'm sick of this I'm I'm going to go back to the way I was I'm going to play harder I'm going to do what I got to do so be interesting to see what happens you know with that uh as it plays out um the game last night hey that was that was a great game Uh, I mean, the Rangers were, you know, a little sluggish to to start, which happens sometimes uh, when you had a layoff like that. Um, And, uh, you know, early uh, when we were doing our uh, predictions early in the season, I think I had picked Colorado to win the cup uh, for, you know, for for what that's worth the first week of October, because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I I think I said that I was doing that just to be different uh, because none of you guys did. And uh, I remember Steve saying, wow, really? Without Landeskog, you really think they can? Uh, boy, I'll tell you, I didn't see anything last night that, that changed my mind about that team. They're they're scary. Uh, and like somebody said earlier, I don't know if I want to see them in a seven-game series, but, uh, um, you know, they're they're, they're a, a fast, scary team. And they might be a little top-heavy, but, you know, a lot of teams are top-heavy. You can make a case that we're a little top-heavy too. Uh, Edmonton, obviously. Uh, and oh, uh, with Edmonton, too. Yeah, I mean, they're on a roll right now that's uh, historic uh, in the league. They're going to try to tie uh, Pittsburgh for the most consecutive wins in, in league history tomorrow night uh, but or tonight. But, uh, you know, I mean, we have to remember, too, that they got off to such a bad start. And, and we had much higher expectations of Edmonton this year. I think a lot of us thought that, you know, Edmonton was going to be one of the teams to, to watch Uh, as the season went on. And, uh, you know, they just got off to such a bad start. And obviously they're going to come back to earth from this. But, you know, let's remember, we we were looking at them as a very good team that, uh, you know, you just had concerns with uh, with the goaltending. And the goaltending has been really good for them for this stretch. So, uh, you know, as far as Edmonton goes, uh, you know, I'm not sure that I would put them up there with a Vancouver or Colorado out west. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they've, they've played fantastic, uh, for, for the last six weeks and, uh, they probably will continue to, but not at this pace. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I think is going on around the league. And I, I also agree with Alcat last night. There's nobody in the East really that scares me. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to hang on to first place, the Rangers, but, uh, if they don't, uh, it probably won't who, be the worst
2: thing. Who, let me ask you this real quick, real quick, Glenn, before we go to Scott, who is capable or a sleeper right now in the East may go on a run like what Florida did last year? Who, who has that capability? Is you, do you see that right now? Or that, that, that team could just come out of nowhere? Because it seems like, it's like that, that's the case every year around this time of year or maybe a little later in February. Just goes on a run, and then you never know. You knock out the top team in the league. Is there any? Is there a Florida in, in, in this year? What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, geez, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, if, if, uh, I mean, Boston is good. Uh, we're good. You could see Carolina, you know, getting on a run like that, but Carolina, Carolina's goaltending situation is, is such a mess. I mean, they're a good team. If they were getting good goaltending, they might be running away with this division already. Um, you know, as far as a, a, a sleeper, um, you know, it, it, it could be Florida again, um, you know they're kind of hanging around down the bottom. I don't think Detroit has it uh, to uh, to go on a run like that. Uh, but uh, you know Florida's kind of hanging around in there, and uh, you know not really nobody's really threatening uh, Boston. I don't think. Uh, but uh, you know it might be Florida again. I mean when I look around the East, it could be Florida again.
2: All right, cool. Let's go to Scott. Get his thoughts. Uh, blue shirts. Avalanche, Oilers, anything else around the league? And then after that, we'll get to some final thoughts. Uh, yeah, what
3: uh, what Edmonton is doing is just, uh, you know, great for the league. I, I like seeing historic uh, things. I like seeing records fall. All sports, I've always been a big fan of that. You know, I guess the first big record falling that that I remember in my life, I guess, would have been uh, Cal Ripken breaking the uh, – breaking the consecutive game streak I was a freshman at Maryland at the time I was in the area it was a huge deal Uh, you know Steve I don't know how Yankee Nation felt about that but uh, uh, and now fast forward to where we currently are Um, I am 100% in favor of Ovechkin Uh, now it's a lot less likely than it was at the start of the season but uh, I really want that record to fall I mean if I had my choice you know of course we all grew up with Gretzky Gretzky's uh you know, Gretzky's Gretzky, but, you know, I just like seeing records fall. So, uh, surely we're all on the same page that, uh, removing Pittsburgh from some kind of record is, uh, not, uh, is a no-brainer here. So, <laughs> definitely want to see Edmonton, uh, get, now, were they one away from tying it or one away from breaking it?
0: Tying. Tying.
3: Tying, okay. So, they have yeah. 16 and, the, the record is 17, so they need 18, right. okay. So, right, right, uh, mm-hmm. uh, right. So, we're, uh... We're all Oilers fans here, uh, which, uh, (laughs) kind of, kind of funny. I think I mentioned, um, So I'm going to the devil's game uh, on Thursday and um, the uh, devil's flames game, my friends from Calgary in town, I think I may have uh, mentioned that. And then we've got the, so they they got the devil's game. And then they they got the Islander game on Saturday and then the uh, the Ranger game Monday. So I will be uh, accompanying them for, for both of those. And I think I mentioned that obviously they hate the Oilers. The Oilers are their, uh, you know, Islanders uh, to us. Um, And I I tell them, I said, I feel bad. I, I can't, You know, they, they hate the Leafs. Of course, everybody hates the Leafs, but uh, I said, I'm on board with you with the Leafs, but I I can't share your hatred of the Oilers. I just, I I can't, you know, I look at their rafters, their rafters are my rafters as far as the the retired numbers, half of them. Anyway, I said, you know, we got seven guys there that, uh, you know, we don't win the cup in 94. So uh, they they understand (laughs) they definitely understand that. So, uh, <clears throat> wow. I just total segue there to absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. in any case, <laughs> um, I guess, I guess, is that my final thoughts? As, uh, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what I got to go. I'll just finish it huh? off with, um, sure. no, that's my final thoughts yet. Okay. Um, yes, I'm all in favor of uh, the Oilers for the next couple games. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. We're the next uh, 25 in a row. Yeah, as far as okay, so for the question you asked about, um, you know, dark horse in the East, I guess. um, I mean, can we really call Tampa in that category? I know that they're down at the bottom, flirting with a wild card now, but they have the same core that they've had. You know, for the back-to-back Stanley Cups, they're just kind of underachieving. I know there are you know, a couple guys different every year, but it's basically the same core. So I don't know if you can really call them that. I mean, remember after the uh, after the back-to-back Cups, the the year after that, you know, they they people were already re- re- looking to you know throw them out the window just just because they didn't win the division. But that you know they were clearly you know still there. Uh, they went to the finals again. So. Um, You know, I don't know, just because they're flirting with a wild card, um, because Florida has gotten significantly better. We thought Boston might uh, might not be – I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but – we thought Boston was going to, you know, pretty much drop out of the, uh, the, you know, the division race, and that hasn't happened. So there's, there's – that's just a stacked, really stacked division right now. Uh, but they're, you know, they're there. So I don't know if you can really call them that. Uh, you know, maybe Detroit. I mean, you know, remember nobody was talking about Florida during the regular season. They just, you know, they were, what, the eighth and They came out of absolutely nowhere. So I guess I would put Detroit, if anyone, because any of these, uh, those other teams uh, – you know, are not really a surprise. It's just nobody is just you know like like, like everybody said nobody in the East is is, is Boston this year. Um, so I guess, I guess I guess I'll say Detroit. You know, kind of flying under the radar. We knew that they were you know had rebuilt enough. To get back in the uh, playoff conversation. I don't know about legit contender yet, but uh, definitely in the playoff conversation. So if anybody, I think, would kind of fly under the radar and then, uh, you know, squeak into the playoffs and make a a Florida-esque run, Uh, I guess it would have to be Detroit. Uh, You know, again, uh, Toronto is down there as well, but you can't really put them in that category. I don't think they're any different than last year. You know, completely offensive-minded and then, you know, not built for the playoffs. I think they're the same thing. Um, I, don't, I don't think they improved anything on the blue line and back. So um, yeah, okay. I guess I would say Detroit could be this year's Florida. All
2: right, cool. Uh, shout out to Scott, thank you very much. I'll be real quick on my final thoughts. I'll include the AHL. I, they had their All Star weekend, and shout out to Brandon Ottman in uh, participating in the festivities, and also Mac Hollowell for the for the Wolf Pack. As far as the AHL, I mean. It's, Clearly right now the Bears are running things in the Atlantic. Uh, they're the clear cut best team in the AHL right now. And then also, uh, you know, the Bruins, the affiliate with the Boston Bruins, the Providence Bruins is pretty much them too. It was at first the Hartford was off to a fast start and they kind of tailed back into the middle of the pack in the Atlantic. But yeah. Uh, Hershey Bears uh, are in, in the East is definitely the best team in the AHL right now. I don't – you know, things can always happen in, in the sport of hockey, so we'll see how things go in the second half in the AHL season. My final thoughts, listen, just clean up the defense. Let's get four points out of, next, out of uh, the next four, – four points in the next three games. Matter of fact, I'll pick the next two teams, and we'll, we'll use the two teams next on the schedule. We'll go Lightning and Calgary. Let's go Lightning and Calgary. The deep dive cool. next Tuesday. Uh, Let's go Lightning and Calgary. I like that. And those are my final thoughts. We'll be back next Tuesday. Let's go to Glenn and then RP could close us out. Glenn, your final thoughts.
0: Yeah, you know you know, Steve, that's good because I was wondering who we were gonna do for the two teams and I had been wanting to do Tampa, uh, because I was actually gonna nominate uh Tampa and say, has the championship window closed on that team? And that would have been, you know, we'll find out about a month ago. <laughs> about a month ago, we'll you find know. Out. Um, I I I was wondering if they were going to make the playoffs, but I'll tell you what, I mean, they were 8-2 in the last 10. Um, You know, they didn't get off to a great start, but they didn't have Vasilevsky for two months. He's back and playing well. Uh, Stamkos is still playing well. Kucherov is is a star in this league, for no doubt. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I I would almost say, if you want to look at a dark horse from, like, a month ago, that I was questioning if they were going to make the playoffs even, uh, it might be Tampa could be the team that, you know, even though they've still got the core and, you know, we, we know who they are. Uh, they weren't looking that way a month ago. So, uh, Tampa might be the dark horse that, that comes back, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, conference this year. Um, yeah, my final thoughts are, are this, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, now with Hedl obviously being uh, out for the season, the Rangers know they're going to have that, uh, cap space. Um, and we've seen, uh, Elias Lindholm moved to Vancouver. That just makes them even stronger than they were before. But that, I don't think, was ever an option for the Rangers uh, because of what it was going to cost and, and the cap it. Uh, then we saw Monaghan, who sounded like it might have been a possibility. We saw him moved for uh, a first and a third, which, uh, you know, I would have had to think about. But if I was the Rangers, I might have done that. Um, so now we've moved on to uh, the next up is Adam Henrique, who's been tossed around. And um, yeah, you know, I'm wondering with some of these teams that are making a move a month before the deadline, uh, and thinking back to Drury acquiring Tarasenko uh, about a month before the deadline last year, um, I'm wondering if you know we're going to see some moves uh, with the Rangers. I-, I know the longer they wait, the more cap money they've uh, accrued, um, but. I think, and we'll talk about this in the next couple of weeks, but I think it'll be interesting to see uh, if Drury starts making some moves and not waiting until the uh, deadline. So, uh, you know, maybe that's something we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. But that's kind of what's been on my mind now uh, of uh, figuring out how they're going to plug the couple of holes that, uh, that they're going to have to fill if they're going to make a run to win a Cup.
2: All right, cool. Shout-outs to Glenn. Thank you very much. And, RP, find your final thoughts and close us out.
1: Okay, we'll say the unpopular thing first. If the Rangers have to worry about Chesterkin getting pissed off that he's not playing, then there's a bigger problem than everybody Mm -hmm. knows. Right. Yeah, professional hockey players making millions of dollars. If he's not doing his part to be number one, he's got to remember it's team first. Mm -hmm. And that's my problem with this whole can Chesterkin mentally handle it and all. Number one, he's put himself in this position because he hasn't played well since he came back from his injury. And number two, I don't think – I personally don't think that's on the coaching staff's mind at all. This guy, okay. Avilet, wants to win. They want to win now. And if quick is the better goalie, then that's who's going to play. And if Schuster can't handle it, there are two guys in the minors that would love to come up and back up. Not that I'm saying it's going to happen, but I don't, I, I don't – I just don't get the logic of I have to worry about the guy's mentality, and that's where I'm going to play him tonight. Play your game. Play to the to the level that you're expected to play, and we're not saying win every game. That's that's not logical. But play to, to to the level that we've seen you play when you won the Vezina early on. You know, last year when you got hot, he needs to start being the Chesterkin that the team needs. It, it's a shame that we're having the conversation because when everyone got quick, no one thought this would be the topic today. Yeah, you know, we all figured he played twenty twenty five games and. You hope he gets 10, 11 wins or something like that. And here he already has the 11 wins, and he, and he's on the ice. The team has more confidence right now. So I don't, I don't agree with the worrying about Chesterkin's mentality. That's just my view on it. People may not like it, but they're pros. You, you have to be at your top or someone's always chasing it. That's in all positions. That's in all sports. So I think he needs to wake up and get his head out of his ass and play where we need him to play with these last 30 games prior to the playoffs. And other than that, it's everything you guys said. Tighten up on defense. Try to score a couple more goals when you can make a one nothing lead, a 2 nothing lead, instead of letting the team tie it up and get a lead on you. But, uh, you know, they're going to make trades, something you need to improve. I don't know if it's going to be a center position anymore but they absolutely need to find the right wing at the worst. As this deadline ends, maybe another defenseman, and then you can decide what you want to do. Keep following me along on Ranger Proud. We'll keep fighting and having some fun, everybody.
2: All right, guys. Scott, RP, Glenn, and myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We'll be back next Tuesday in between the Flames and the Canadians on Tuesday, 8 p.m. We'll discuss it. Sangre Azul, ladies and gentlemen. Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
3: Can
1: you dig
2: it Bleep blue, 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 bleep
0: blue, bleep blue.